We are going to be singing a new song this morning. It is called Battle Belongs. Um, it's by Phil Wickham. And I love this song. I've just listened to it on replay over and over and over again. Because right now, if you haven't noticed, our country is in a season of division. You know, and it, it's always been divided with so many things. But I love this song because it proclaims, you know, God, the battle is yours. You know, we are God's. No matter what happens, we can trust that our ultimate allegiance is to Jesus and his church will be united underneath him. And so I just want us to proclaim that unity because our God is a God of unity and he wants his people to be united and to praise his name as one voice because in heaven there's going to be one voice praising the lamb who was slain for the forgiveness of our sins. And so would you please stand and worship with us? When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadows, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So in a fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. Thank you, God. You see an empty tomb. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Fortress, you go before us. 
Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. And almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. An almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Come on, church. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I sing through the night oh god the battle belongs to you oh god the battle belongs to you amen well, you can remain standing as I'm just going to give a couple brief announcements. So first of all, if you're joining us online, go ahead and check in and let us know who you're with, how many people are with you. Um, if you're here in the building, we thank you for uh, wearing your mask for the entirety of service. Uh, we appreciate that and your commitment just to one another. Um, finally, uh, I say finally, I still have a couple more announcements actually. <laughs> um, so first of all, if you would like to be part of a small group, we're going through Core 52 right now, and it is such a phenomenal book and study, and I just want to encourage you, it is really easy to do. Um, it's just a one day at a time. It'll give you a small, uh, basically you can get it done in 15 minutes. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, if you'd like to be part of that, you can connect online, you can connect with um someone after service and just let us know that you'd like to be part of a small group um, or you'd like to uh, be a part of Core 52. We have books outside there um, and you can purchase the books on hbtulsa.com. Um, and then I think, oh, Grief Share. I almost forgot about Grief Share. Grief Share has already started, but you can, it's only started one week, um, but you can still join and y'all, if that's something that you would like to be a part of. If that's if you know someone who would benefit from participating in Grief Share, it's it's really powerful. I've heard from so many who just appreciate it and have just built great friendships through it. And so um, I'm going to pray really quick, and then we're going to continue to worship with one another. Heavenly Father, God, we devote this day to you. Everything that we do, God, we devote to you, that you would receive all the honor and the glory and the power forever. Father, I pray that we would honor you with our words, God, with the songs that we're singing, with the message that is proclaimed today, with the communion, Father, that you would be 
honored and glorified. God, with our giving, with our offering, that you would be honored with that as well and that your kingdom would just expand. We love you, Father, and we look forward to continue worshiping you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows
spoken word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me you have been so so kind to me Never ending, reckless love of God. 
There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down, coming after me. His love for us is relentless. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. God loves you today. He loved you no yesterday, you won't and he's gonna down, love you forever. No lie won't say down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't say down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Your love is good, your love is kind. can be seated. For our communion time, I was thinking as we were singing, if there is no mountain, he won't climb up. He climbed Mount Calvary for us. That act of love, that exertion of the love of God demonstrated at Calvary is something that I think must be uppermost in our mind as we come time uh, to a time of communion. In Matthew 26, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. He was willing to climb the mountain of Calvary. He was willing to give his body, his blood, for the forgiveness of sin. When we come around, however you partake of communion now, whether you're here in this room or whether you're at home and maybe you're in your favorite chair. Maybe you're sitting around the kitchen table. As you partake of these emblems, please remember that Jesus demonstrated his love for you. He demonstrated his love for each one of us, that he was willing to die so that we might have life eternal. Would you join me in prayer as we partake of these emblems? Father in heaven, I thank you that you give to us today another opportunity to be reminded 
of your great love. And I pray, Father, that as we partake of these emblems, that we will be reminded of that. This bread that represents your body, the body that lived and moved among us, that yet was sacrificed. Your blood that coursed through your veins in a life-giving way was shed so that we might have forgiveness of sin. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. morning. My name's Dave. I'm on staff here. I want to welcome you who are in the worship center. Uh, it's good to see some of you for the first time in a long time. Glad to have you here. It's good to see you who are out in online worship. And uh, I do want you to know that uh, we have a new camera. And the new camera allows me to see through the camera into your living room. <laughs> Very interesting. Glenn, Glenn, are those footy pajamas? <laughs> Just kidding, but I'll probably hear from Glenn. All right. We are continuing in our Core 52 series, and as Brian has shared in the past, the redwood trees give us this unique picture of what fellowship looks like. As giant as they are, their root system is more one that spreads out than, than just sends one tap root down. And they are interconnected, and they share together in being providing strength for all of the trees. And today we're going to be looking in Core 52 at the strength that wisdom provides. But I want us to see it also in that same picture of your wisdom and the wisdom of the church together 
being that which strengthens us all, allows all of us to be able to stand. If you are using Core 52, and I, I really hope that you are, uh, uh, I, I have this story to tell real quickly, and I don't think my neighbor is watching, but sure, as I tell this story, she will be. But we got her, Roseanne and I got her a Core 52 book uh, for Christmas. And uh, she had told me that she had finished her through the Bible reading for last year, and she was looking for something. And so we got her the Core 52 book, and I said, hey, this is 52 lessons. It's, it's good for a year. Uh, we're going to be doing it at church. And so a week ago, I got a text from her that said, Dave, I'm in lesson 16. I thought you said this goes for the whole year. And so I said, well, I texted back. Well, on page 3 and page 4, it explains kind of how that works. And then page 11, it shows you the questions. And It's Monday through Friday and all of that. She texted back, well, I'm 16 weeks ahead. And I said, well, if you have memorized 16 verses, you are way ahead. And I didn't hear anything else from her after that. <laughs> but today, as we talk about wisdom, if you have read that section... You know that Mark Moore, the author of Core 52, talks about how that today's text from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, that this is the core verse for the entire book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I heard another interesting story. It was about a husband and wife who were doing Core 52, and they were sharing their memory verses with each other. And one shared the memory verse, and the other one said, that's not right. And the other one said, yes, it is right. And after a few, yes, it is, no, it isn't, yes, it is, no, it isn't, after a few of those, they realized that one was using Core 52, which uses the English Standard Version. And the other one was using the NIV Bible. And what's on the screen is from NIV. Now, here's your bonus question. What is the difference between the NIV and the ESV? I'll tell you, no. The word but. In ESV, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge Fools despise wisdom and instruction. NIV adds a conjunction, but. So what am I saying? I am saying that however you memorize it, whether you use ESV, NIV, whatever you want to use, I so encourage you to memorize the scripture verses. Uh, if you have not taken advantage of, of core52.org online, there is so much material that is available there as well. And uh, I, uh, I did that on my phone, on my app, and immediately locked myself out. I don't know what I, so I'm going to have to have Matt or somebody come and help me figure out what I did. But I encourage you to use that as well, because what we are studying is so crucial to our ability to be the church, to rec reflect the love of Christ through the world around us. And it's really important that we understand it. But I want you to focus for just a moment with me now 
on the contrast between the wise and the fool. The contrast is addressed throughout the book of Proverbs. I love to read Proverbs. I love to read Proverbs and Psalms as as a part of my morning devotion. But in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 22, we see it described this way. How long will those who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? It is interesting that you know, I can just hear at some place, in some kitchen, at some place, some child just said, Mom, Mr. Dave just said the word fool. Well, folks, we need to understand what God is saying here when he uses that word. He is saying it is a person who is morally deficient. It is a person whose life is lacking the foundation of Scripture. And that is foolish. And the consequences of it. So how long will you just love to just blissfully go on? How long will we mock and make fun? How long will we be the fool that misses what God is saying? Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever, were you ever told this growing up? You're old enough to know better. Anybody ever hear that? Anybody hear that this last week? (laughs) How old were you the first time you heard that? Or to whom have you said it recently? And how old were they? I heard it as a child. David, you're old enough to know better. Now, when my parents said that to me, were they appealing to my wisdom or to my knowledge? You see... What the scripture says is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. It is important, folks, that we recognize that this wisdom that God gives to us allows us to have knowledge and wisdom and instruction. It is what God gives to us so that we can be strengthened to live each day in a way that reflects God's glory. Uh, anyway, I like, I like this. I ran across this statement from the Roman philosopher Seneca. He said, no man ever became wise by chance. Think about that for a second. You didn't just suddenly wake up one day wise. We don't look at someone and say, you know, that person really is wise. I wonder what kind of breakfast cereal they eat. There's there's not that connection. Where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from the fear of the Lord. Wisdom comes by being in God's word. Wisdom comes from the Lord. Mark Moore identified a couple of other passages in Proverbs chapter 9, in verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. In Proverbs 15, 33, we read, Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. That's wisdom. So, what is this fear of the Lord that we're talking about? I want you to look at a couple of other passages. These are from Psalms. Psalm 103 verse 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. 
we misunderstand the word fear as well as we often misunderstand the word wisdom. In Psalm 33, but the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. I would encourage you to jot those verses down some way. Because when we begin to talk about fear, we aren't the fear of the Lord. We aren't talking about a fear that is filled with dread. We're talking about a fear that is filled with love and appreciation and trust. It is not a fear of getting caught. Rather, it is a reverence for God's power and God's goodness. And we must realize that when we fear God like that, as Mark Moore said in the book, there's nothing left to fear. When I have that kind of fear, the other things of which I am afraid pale. I don't have to live in those areas of fear. Now, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. This week, the Herald, Highland Park Herald, will be mailed out. And when you get it, either at the end of the week or next week, Ashley Falcon has an excellent brief article that she has written. In fact, when I read it, I thought, maybe for this section of the sermon, I should just read what Ashley wrote. And maybe after you read that in the Herald, you'll think, Dave, you should have gone with your first thought. Because Ashley has some great things to say about how we respond to the fear of the Lord. It is important that we understand that. And please notice that when we talk about the, this contrast between wisdom and foolishness, we're not talking about a contrast between fear and love. We're talking about a compatibility. In fact, fear and love in this context is congruent. It works together. It is what God intends for us to have. God intends for us to have a fear for him that is based on our love for him and awareness of his love for us. So now let's go focus on wisdom. We've talked about how that there is wise and foolish. We've talked about the congruence of love and fear. Now let's look at another contrast. In James chapter 1 verse 5 we're told, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Think about this for a minute. I love I loved what Mark wrote about de- his definition of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to practically live out God's truth in a way that brings health to you, to your family, and to your community. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously without finding fault, and he will give it to you. You see, wisdom is not just something that Christians possess. It is who we are. It is what we do. It is how we live. So, are you asking God for wisdom? Now, maybe there's nothing going on in your life that requires wisdom right now. But for a lot of us, <laughs> do you see my tongue go into my cheek there? We are in a great need for wisdom, aren't we? In a lot of areas in our life. So ask God for his wisdom. Skip over to James chapter 3. 
In James chapter 3, verses 13 to 17, we read, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good deeds, done in humility, that comes from wisdom. Begin to see how it fits together. Who is it who has wisdom and understanding? If you have that, here's what you're to do with it. It's not just something that you possess. It's not something you put on the shelf. It's not a plaque you put up on the wall. It is not something you add to your resume that say I am that says I'm wise. Here's what you do with it according to James. And then he says, "But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, Don't boast about it or deny the truth. Have you ever ever heard anyone boast about their own wisdom? Have you heard anyone brag about how slick they are, how much they got away with, what they accomplished, all in their own strength? If you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Now he describes it this way. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Now here's the contrast. Verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from the Lord, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Let's take a look at the contrast here. Let's just put it up side by side. Here is the contrast. Does your wisdom come from bitter envy? Is your wisdom driven by selfish ambition? Is your wisdom applauded by the earth? Is your wisdom unspiritual? Is your wisdom influenced by demonic thought? What a contrast. Notice godly wisdom. Godly wisdom is pure. Godly wisdom is peace loving. Godly wisdom is considerate. Godly wisdom is submissive. Godly wisdom is full of mercy and good fruit. Godly wisdom is impartial and sincere. So here's an important truth that helps us evaluate wisdom. And let me just suggest this. When you're observing people, when you're observing yourself, if humility is lacking, question the wisdom. If the wisdom someone is trying to share with you is lacking in humility, question it. Question, where does that wisdom come from? Because the world has all kinds of wisdom to give you. 
But if it is not, first of all, pure, if it is not peace-loving, if it is not considerate, if it is not submissive, if it is not full of mercy and good fruit, if it's not impartial and sincere, question where it's coming from because it's not the wisdom that comes from heaven above. You see, it doesn't matter who's speaking. It doesn't matter if it's a politician or if it's a preacher. If humility is lacking, question the wisdom. And while we talk about the contrast between wisdom and foolishness, it is important for us to understand this also. How about your own speech? How about your own behavior? I love this from the, deeply, from the book, Deep, The Deeply Formed Life. The author talks about a saying that they have in their church there in Brooklyn. And he said, we often say, you may have Jesus in your heart, but you've got grandpa in your bones. Think about that for a minute. You may have Jesus in your heart, but you've also got grandpa in your bones. What do they mean by that? It means that sometimes we don't even recognize where our wisdom comes from. It's the way our family's always done it. I say things that were said by my dad who says things that were said by his dad. I have Jesus in my heart, but I may make decisions based on what I learned growing up as a kid. I may make decisions based on what the world tells me I need to do. Do we see the difference? If I have Jesus in my heart, I am blessed that I had a godly grandfather. But I got grandpa in my bones. In other words, there are things that we learn from family traditions and those things may need to be examined. Values that are a part of your life, did they come from godly wisdom or from worldly wisdom? Attitudes about other people, people of other races, people of other nations. Did that come from heavenly wisdom or did it come from how you grew up? How we treat one another. Do we treat one another with a pure wisdom, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere? Or is it the other way? Does our wisdom reflect a real bitter envy, a selfish ambition, earthly, unspiritual, demonic? You see, sometimes discerning between worldly and godly wisdom means identifying the source of our wisdom and our values and our behaviors. But I want you to notice this. This is what James says will be the outcome of godly wisdom in verse 18, James 3, verse 18. Peacemakers who sow peace, who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. Folks, that's, that is so much what we need right now, is it not? We need to be peacemakers. We need to be people filled with godly wisdom. Godly wisdom in how we treat one another, how we treat friends, neighbors, how we respond to crises. 
If I have godly wisdom, I will be a peacemaker. I will sow in peace. And I will reap in righteousness. Not because of who I am. But because of the wisdom I seek to follow. I won't always get it right. But this will be the standard by which I measure my life. We are in desperate need of wise and godly peacemakers. So let me ask you this. Will you choose to be wise over foolish? Will you fear God with love and obedience? Will you exhibit godly wisdom and peacemaking? That's what we're called to. May our roots grow deep. May our roots grow out. And may the wisdom that is a part of our life connect with others. And as such, we will all be strengthened together. If you're watching online, there will be a button that says, I want prayer. And there will be a button that says, I want to follow Jesus. And if you want to do either one of those, if you want people to pray with you, or if you want to know more about following Jesus, we will follow up with you. Here this morning, in this room, maybe you have something that you want to pray about, you want someone to pray with you about. After our service is over, I'll be glad to, Brian will be glad to, Matt will be glad to, our elders that are here will be glad to meet with you, pray with you. Because you see, folks, this godly wisdom is something that the church can give to the world, but it has to be, first of all, possessed by the church. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you give to us today an opportunity to evaluate what we consider to be wise. And Father, for those areas in which we, your Holy Spirit has convicted us that rather than, be, rather than being pure, it's been selfish. And rather than being peaceful, it, is, it has come from an ambition and a bitterness. Father, help us if we make decisions based on what the world says is right without first asking you what's right. Father, forgive us if we treat people the way the world treats people without first asking how you want us to treat one another. Father, forgive us if we have looked at you out of earthly fear rather than the fear of reverence and of love and of obedience. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, uh, I wanted to just drop a quick word to parents, and today's study is so important, and I would encourage you, have a conversation with your kids about what is it that they desire in life, because there's nothing that they should seek more than wisdom, not money, not riches, not being popular, the best athlete. We desire that they seek God's wisdom, and so as adults, 
Look for kids to affirm that value in them because that's so important. And our culture isn't going around saying, hey, what you should do is seek wisdom. It's all the other stuff, right? Hey, you should be beautiful. You should seek wisdom. That's what we want. So thank you so much, Dave. And I, and I, and I appreciate um, uh, those words so much. Uh, and the, the online comments that were coming in were like, it's like Dave's preaching just to me. It's like, actually... Uh, sort of, but the Holy Spirit just has his way, right? And so uh, we're thankful that, that God's timing is always perfect. Um, hey, if you are a student, middle school to high school, uh, uh, they meet here weekly on Wednesdays, and they're going to kind of have a special thing this Wednesday from 6.30, not until 8, which is normal, but until 9. Not only are they going to do the Corpus Di 2 study and prayer time and fellowship, but there's also going to be a whole bunch of Nerf games and running around in the gym. So uh, make sure that you're there. Uh, feel free to invite friends, and um, they're having a great time doing that, so we wanted to let you know about that. Also, if you have not signed up for a small group, then we'll post that link here in a moment, but we would love for you to sign up for a small group. If you're here with us, you can find one of us later. Um, We'd love to plug you into one. If being a part of a formal small group doesn't work for you, just get with people, okay? Uh, There's discussion questions in the back of Core 52, or you could work on the memory verse together. Just be with people, okay? We want you to be with people. Don't be alone uh, during this time. Um. And just a quick reminder that, that you're welcome to give and partner with Highland Park, and we have the blue box that's out there that you can drop a check in. You can also give online at hptulsa.com and support the ministry that's happening here and uh, all over the world. So we're so thankful for that. Well, every now and then, we have a big announcement to make, and this is the moment. Take a big breath. Everybody's okay. All right? So don't fret. Uh, But last, about 10 months ago, when this whole pandemic started, um, we immediately had to shift gears and start trying to how to ramp up our online and digital ministry. And the person who did that more than any other was Matt Crosser. Um, Actually, when we first did that, Gabriella was not actually in the United States in that moment. Uh, She was overseas on a trip trying to get back. Um, all of this, but Matt jumped into that role, and the two of them both carried a lot of extra um, ministry effort. And as that went on, we knew that it wasn't sustainable for Matt to do youth ministry and online ministry forever because it was two full-time jobs. And so we kind of figured it out um, as we went as best we could, juggling things and such. And so Uh, After a long season of prayer and talking and discussing, we have an announcement to make, and it's this, that we want to introduce Matt Crosser as uh, the Highland Park Christian Church Engagement Ministry, which its main goal is online and family discipleship. So let me kind of talk you through this, okay? Here's what that means. Uh, Let me start with the why. And we have a a larger document that you can pick up on your way out today. You can also find it online um, on the staff page uh, or the about page. But here's kind of the why that we're doing this. First of all, biblical precedent. Sometimes we need to change our plans in order to stay true to our mission. We've been talking about that a lot And right now, 65% of our church family are connecting with us online every week. 85% of our church family is connecting with us online at some point. 
And so that means that this is a place for us to lean into uh, continually and grow. And we want to just be flexible. And we look at Paul, and when he, he liked to give speeches like this publicly, but when he was put under house arrest, we don't read anything about him complaining. What we know is he started writing letters. And by the way, those letters are pretty important, aren't they? <laughs> uh, we read them all the time. And so sometimes you just have to change your plan. Jesus was preaching one time and the crowds were too much and they couldn't all hear him. So what did he do? He stepped into a boat. He changed his method of communication because he had to change his plan to be true to the mission. And that's, what we're, that's how we view this at Highland Park. Um, secondly, uh, even without a pandemic, the potential to reach people through digital media is exponential. Crisis is an accelerator. And so what we've seen in the world is it accelerated people finding digital media as a way to ministry. So that's not going away even when the pandemic does go away. Number three, we've heard from many people who are being richly and uniquely blessed through our online ministry. This one has, to be honest, surprised us, and it's partly because I missed it before. But we have folks who have long-term health issues. We have folks who are caring for loved ones. We have folks who uh, may not live super close to here. We have folks who work in the medical field and can't be here or because of their job schedules and such. Those people are saying to us, I have never felt more connected to Highland Park. And when they said that to us at first, some of us were going like, what? Really? And as the more we talked to them, the more we realized like, oh, because now what you're doing, I, we're able to do this better. We're still learning, but we're able to do this better. But you're able to connect with us in this rich way every week. And for some of us, doing stuff online is not the best way that you connect. But that doesn't mean it's not the best way some other people don't connect right now. And so we are really thankful for that. So even when we hope to have more people back in the building at some point, uh, we'll continue to do online ministry because we've learned that we can care for those people in a, in a better way than we were before. So that's been something that we've just been listening to folks um, tell us about. Um, also, number four, parents are the primary spiritual leader of their children. And so one of Matt's roles is going to be equipping parents and equipping families to care for kids and to care for their, uh, the friends of their family and, and helping in that way. That's been a long value of Highland Park, and we're going to be able to lean more into that. And then Matt has a special heart for foster care and adoptive care ministry as well. And so that's something that the church, uh, even a year ago, was praying about and thinking about and that we hope to, uh, to be able to lean into more. Um, number five, due to the pandemic and Matt's sabbatical, it's hard to imagine a better time to make this transition. Transitions are always hard, um, but if there was ever a time to make it, this would probably be it. And so the elders and the staff and Matt and Angie um, just all prayed and thought, and we, everybody's on board, okay? To a surprising degree, honestly, everybody is on board, uh, and I'm thankful for that. So I know that the big question for a lot of people then is, well, what about youth ministry? Well, let me tell you that we still highly value youth ministry. Um, let me tell you about a few ways that we're going to increase 
uh, and, and do some new things with youth, youth ministry because of roles kind of shifting around. Um, Gabriella and the worship arts team are going to be leading some special night of worship for our students, some nights of worship. She's also going to be training individual students in how to study the Bible and teach the Bible. And that's going to be kind of a unique role that fits her gifts very well. So we're thankful for that. Um, the outreach team and myself are going to be launching several different efforts to connect with students via basketball or kind of a study time up here and opening the, the facility in some different ways. You'll hear more about that in the weeks to come. And then Matt is going to be a rich resource for all of the sponsors and the staff who are continuing to, uh, to interact with our students and lots of the ministry systems in the past. And then our sponsors who have led in an incredible way during Matt's sabbatical um, are also on board to continue to lead in the ways that they are. And so uh, they're aware of this, and we've talked to the students about this just this past Wednesday and been trying to talk to parents and sponsors and others. And if we missed one or two, uh, we apologize for that. But but we did try to we did announce this to our kids on Wednesday. And again, one of the things that came out of our last elder prayer time was just that we're going to ask everybody at Highland Park to maybe just lean a little bit more into the students here. And in some ways, we want the whole church community to care for our students, and we want to provide you opportunities to do that. So I'm sure that you have more questions. Um, oh, the, the last one just was, when does this start? And the answer is now. Okay, it started. Um, so we're there. And there's a complete document outside you can get. Like we said, it's also online that has kind of more FAQ kind of things that can be helpful for you. Um, I'm thankful, so thankful for Matt's heart and wisdom in this. And I'm thankful to be part of a church. Let me tell you, like there's a lot of stuff we don't know related to the pandemic and just related to the world and to our church. And that will continue to be the case. Six months from now, I can't tell you what all is going to happen. But what I know is that our church elders are committed to if in six months we need to do something different or we need to make a slight change or we need to do this, that we'll do it. We're going to do the right thing and the wisest thing that we can do, and we'll continue to do that. So we're vulnerable enough to know, like, we don't know what's coming, but I think we're confident to know we're going to do the wisest thing we can at that point. So thank you for being with us. I would encourage you to be praying about this and um, supporting Matt, supporting our youth sponsors and parents uh, as we move forward. And if you feel called to lean into that ministry, please talk to us, and we would love for you to do that more and more. Okay? If you would, would you stand and, uh, and let me pray with us? And uh, thank you for being here. And if you're online, thank you for being here. And if you would like someone to pray with you, uh, click that button uh, online. And if you would like to find somebody to pray with you, you can meet with somebody just outside. Um, I'll ask a couple of our elders to step outside here and be willing to pray with you as you're leaving today. Father, we thank you for your love and your goodness. We ask for your wisdom. Uh, We know that we lack it, but you have it abundantly. So God, would you give us your wisdom so that we can love people and help people know you and walk with you. Father, help us be a blessing as we leave this place. Help those who are home be a blessing to their families and friends today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.